Chia. Salutations and greetings. Welcome to it. This is when Highbury was home. A loud booth podcast presentation. I am your host, True Story. Thank you for joining us on this rather more cheerful, you know, occasion. We took a break during the international break and I think it was a good time to take some introspection for us as well because there was a lot of content I wanted to do, but it was more upbeat content that I wasn't getting in the mood for because the vibe wasn't there with the team. And it was more introspection for us that we took to look at how we were branding our content, how we're taking it forward. And that was great as well for us. And I think it was great for the team as well. So going forward, we're expecting better results, you know, because we're starting to see the team pick up. It was nice to see them get a result against Mulder in the Europa League. And... Now we can have an upturn, you know, the draw against Leeds wasn't so great, you know, we'll get into all of that and build up to the Wolves preview, you know, but more than anything is just thankful for this break, you know, I don't think we're in a great space then and that time was great for them to pick up. I could also just feel listening back to some of the episodes that we weren't in such a great space anymore because the boys weren't doing what it was supposed to and I think even our content being so fixated on what's going on currently with the team leads to our energy also being office, you know. So we started to look at the evergreen content, we started to look at our more, you know, throwback type of episodes and we'll start to unroll those. We've done a couple of recordings and yeah man, aside from that, thank you for joining us. Like we said, it's been a crazy break and now we can just run right through to it, right? <laughs> so yeah man, um the draw away against Leeds was I guess a necessary fixture coming off of what we had where I think if we just had a positive result with a win, yes, it would have may have been an uptick in performances, but I don't think it would have been that realization of this is where you are, yet this is where you may be. If you put if you play the way like Molders where they may be with the full squad there and they perform to a level like that, that's where they may be and even further, right? But where they currently are is where you playing against a Leeds team that has chances. Like we're just looking at the quick takeaways from the game where they had chances, bro. They hit the ball three times in that game. We had that lake sucker chance. Aside from that, we can't really call it, right? And it was a lucky escape, I felt. And we're looking at it like... I felt, that, I felt the team is getting to a point where there's more resolve about them. You know, about the manager and about the team that they fight for this manager and he will continue to put them in positions to excel. Um, the paper red card was a prime example of that, that they had to dig deep, you know, and there were changes being made within the squad as well, within the, within the team on the field that showcased that, you know, and that's all we really want to see as fans. We want to see a desire, you know, because at the start of the game with our team selection and formation on point, right, we got Uber down the middle, Willock is starting, we're playing a 4-2-3-1. That soccer red, I mean, that paper red card was tough because we had to play 39 minutes without, you know, our extra man in that sense, right? Where they've got 11, we got 10 now. And in the past, that could have proved a lot costier than it did in this game, right? Where you've seen us in the past go a man down in the game and you just bury your head and you're like, yeah, here it goes. Oh, fucking hell. Here goes. Here goes Arsenal. We know what's coming. Just let this game in. Let this game in. You know what I'm saying? And it didn't happen like that. So there's a better team ethic. The team dug deep and there was more resolve about us, you know, and credit to the defense in that Leeds game because to a man, they all stood up. Leno, Hector, Holding, Gaby, Tierney, they all stood up and were counted without a Thomas Partey. Hmm? Xhaka stood up and men have been counted. Men have 
being reckoned with there, you know? So there's a foundation to build upon going forward. And I think that Leeds game was a prime example of how far we've come here. You know, we're always going to have these milestones of certain things are just prime examples of how far we've come. A checkpoint of now we can get a result in the game that we, for all intents and purposes, should lose when we had a chance to win it. Coming into the game, we disadvantage ourselves and we still get the point where they hit the ball three times, bro. We got lucky. You know, and we take those. We take those because we need those right now. You know what I'm saying? So we flipped it, came back against Molda on Thursday, the day after Maradona's ascension, you know, bless the king. And it was one of those games where group decider, group clinch. I know we said that the last game, but this was the true group decider. The first one was just like, you know, advantage Arsenal. This one was literally the group decider, you know, playing against Molda. And Mandem stood up. You know, Mandem stood up because in the first half it was quieter for us, more active for them. And we had half-ass chances. They had the one huge chance. Aside from that, we weren't really looking like the team that was going to win it in the first half. It literally did look like they were coming at us. And I like the fact that they came at us because they tested that squad, you know, especially knowing that wasn't our first team squad. So they had in their mind that we can get at these lot, right? And 12 months ago, some of these players, you could get at them like that. And we could have been down 1-0 against Mold in the first half and had to bring on the big guns and wouldn't even bring some of them for that trip, right? So you're looking at it like, hey, man, them, you're going to have to step up, bro. Ain't no rescue coming. And they stood up, bro. Second half, Pepe was the catalyst, you know? And my takeaway from that is Pepe being the catalyst was a result of continuity, I feel, right? Yes, he was sent off in that game against Leeds, yet he was going at it in that game against Leeds. He was underperforming as it relates to his, his tracking back and his influence on the game. Yet he was trying so hard that, that that headbutt came as a result of he's trying so hard that it's ticked off now. He's, he's, he's hot right now. And it's a great place for him to be at because now you can just channel that energy. Now the fire's been lit. There's a fire. We just, we just thought he didn't care enough before. Now we can see he cares about some shit. And against Mulder, we saw what he cares about. He cares about being a quality player in this Arsenal squad. And that's all we need from Mandem, bro, because everything else we get is a caveat. That's the who Pepe may be, but who he is is a very good player for this Arsenal squad. On a good day, bad day, indifferent, he's a good player for this Arsenal squad. That's why we paid 72 odd million and we broke our transfer record for him, right? So that continuity and eight changes being made, Willock and Xhaka, the pivot staying together and Pepe starting. That was nice to see that he didn't get punished for that red card. It was, okay, here's a chance to go prove yourself because you're not going to play for three games in the Premier League, right? And we could, we could use you in those games, so we're going to get everything we can get out of you. And him being so far one of our best players in the Europa League alongside Willock, it showed in this game, right? Where eight changes... We continue with the same formation. Despite the changes, we had a good output where we were defensively resolved. Our defense was tested, our midfield was tested, and our strikers and our forwards, you know, they were tested and they got chances and put them away. It was great to see. Yet, now the younger players are maturing. Right before our eyes, you know, Mikel said in his post-match press conference against Molde, it's like a spark has been, has been lit inside of Reese. right? He's, he's clicked. It's clicked for him. He used that word, it's clicked, right? And you're sitting there thinking... Sheesh, on the, over the past couple of games, it's looking like it's coming together for Reese. Where even with the goal, it was more a thing where it's like, I needed that monkey off my back. Now, shit, let's go. You could see that in him. It wasn't over celebration like now. Nah, we, we are now. You know what I'm saying? I needed that for me to justify my time here, not to get myself sent out alone or whatever the case may be. But he's in the squad now. Well, you're looking at it like he's a more valuable player when fit than Willian is. 
for me personally, long term, that's the better player, right? Gabby Martinelli still comes back. Pepe's out with suspension now, so that right side is going to be open. I believe Saka should now get a chance to nail down his position as an attacking player. Say, I can play on the left. I can play on the right. I can play on the left as well. You know, because it was touching in that game where he gets that chance late, bro, against Leeds. And you like, if this kid's been playing further forward for even just the past three, four months, he puts that chance away. That's one-on-one, bro. Confidence, strike it first time, or go around the keep and hit it. Like, that's all you, whatever you want to do. And that confidence is not there in the player, right? So you feel for Bukayo Saka, and you feel right now this chance for him to start to get to, to performing like that. So we'll get to that when we get to that later down in the pre-match of the, of the Wolves game. But one of my other takeaways from the Molder game was that the fringe players are starting to be counted upon or reliable enough to be counted upon, right? Because we saw Mandem like Cedric, Mustafi, Louise, Xhaka even, Laka even to a degree, even Pepe, over the past 12 months in the club not be as reliable as you would need them to be. And they stepped up, clean sheet. Like, credit to y'all, man. Like, real talk, I've given a lot of stick to a lot of them man them. Credit to y'all, my Gs. Credit to y'all. That's all we wanted to see, Gs. That's all we wanted to see. Some heart, some desire to fight for that badge, you know. So, shout out to y'all. Kudos to y'all, bro. And I think that should lead us straight into the player ratings, knowing that we've won the group. Um, like, you know, in the, pre- in the post-match press conference, they said to me, you could play a lot of the younger kids. He's like, yeah, we've been playing the kids. So, we'll play them if they're good enough and if they're performing to a high enough level in training. And then they'll play. You know what I'm saying? But we've got to put a right infrastructure. And everything he was saying was so great to hear because he's saying we can't just throw out a team of under-23 players and say, go win the game without the right infrastructure around them to be able to get the result, right? Credit to Mikel for that. I like to see the maturity in the gaff as well because it's those type of, of, of checkpoints that he needs, you know, because he's also won the trust of these so-called B-team players. That he said, listen, whatever game I pick any of y'all in, because all of these players have now played enough games and have been around the squad where all the players he has and has chosen for the season, he's utilised. You know? That's beautiful to see because you, you can look back and think, okay, Miguel has the trust of every single Mandem where you can call him into his office and say, next week you're starting and this is why you're starting and this is what I need you to do. A Mandem will do what needs to be done. That's what you need in the gaffer. That's what you need in your leader of the, of the football club. You know what I'm saying? And Miguel has that trust. Now it's time to go, Brody. Yeah, now it's time to grow. So shout out to, now it's time to grow. Now it's time to go. Now it's time for all that, bro. Now it's time for all that, shorty. Player ratings for that. Mulder game, bro. Runison started in goal. Very busy-ish in the first half for us. And I like seeing a keeper coming off his line. And even that one moment where there's a little bit of confusion, he's further forward than his centre-backs. I'm like, yeah, Brody. Like, you about this life. You know what I'm saying? And that's the type of football we're about playing, you know, where it's been two games in a row between Mulder and Leeds, where we finished the game having less possession than the opposition for different reasons, right, where against Leeds we, we came, we finished a man down, so of course we had to concede the ball and dig deep. Against Mulder, we're away from home against a team that's pressing us and challenging us. We'll concede the ball to you because, you know what I'm saying, we'll start to just get our goals and then that's what it is. We'll hit you on the break later on in the game. It's beautiful to see that in the squad not need to have 
position of the ball all the time, but be conscious of where they are and what's going on. There were times back then when, because we're a heavy ball position team, when we didn't have it, you can see players lapse in positioning and concentration because they're not, they're not having the ball for a good 10, 15 minutes foul. We're only seeing it once or twice, you know what I'm saying? Now the man, um, okay, cool, we got to dig deep and I got to play my position. I'm only going to get a pass here, a pass there, make a run there. That's cool, bro. I do what I got to do and the team will progress as a result of that, right? So I fucks with that, bro. I fucks with that heavy. Player ratings for the Mandem, like I said, Runison, solid eight because of that, that high pressing, bro. He allowed us to press high, he allowed us to dig deep, pulled off stops when he needed to pull off stop, stops, rather good with the ball at his feet, good with the distribution. I like that, you know what I'm saying? Growing into himself, that's the archetype of the goalkeeper we need, right? We're more the reputation that Leno provides and then the ball playing feasibility that Runison provides, right? With his ability to play with his feet, ability to distribute the ball and all the likes, right? Playing a 4-2-3-1 was great to see because now we get to see what the bedrock of our team could look like going forward. Where Cedric at right back was very solid for me you know Cedric gets a solid seven because I think he's the perfect backup now for Hector Bellerin where Hector knows he can go full throttle every single game Suarez is on the bench Suarez will take the game so alternate with you when you need a break and the team will continue to perform so there'll always be pressure on you to excel above just that basic level that Suarez will maintain at that right that's dope to see bro Shkodran Mustafi came in to the squad, man like Mustafi had dealt with a little bit of an injury and he had been offish after coming back from the injury knowing he was growing into trust and growing into confidence. It was a solid seven. Although we were open for the game, it was good to see him not make mistakes for the team not to concede, right? And i like to see a lot more of that continuity where if he's our fourth, fifth best centre-back until whenever we resolve the Saliba issue or maybe into January where we get another centre-back, we can deal with these, right? Pardon me, we can deal with these, bro. And if we move them on, at least his value will be there now. Where people have seen that Mandam, like Mustafi, can play football again. You know what I'm saying? And you can trust him. We can get a good five million out of him, break even on the wages thing there. And let's move on from that Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? Fundy Wallace, bro. Davi Lewis also came back playing left side of center back. I think he was confident, if not perturbed. You know, I think he didn't look flustered when the game was opening up, especially in the first half and they were getting chances. He just kept raveling the team, pushing them forward. He was the centre-back who was the cover defender who was booting it out when he needed to boot it out. That variation was needed and necessary, you know, and it was nice to see because that's what we need, you know what I'm saying? That's what Gabriel provides us with. It's a no-nonsense defender that is also cultured enough to play football, you know. So, solid standard 8-4 for David Luiz where that's the, that's the benchmark for that position right now in this football club. You know, Gabriel is a standard solid at eight when he's on his shit, you know what I'm saying? When he's chipping with a goal and an assist, we can get a nine from Gabby. So it was nice to see Luis do that, knowing that if he needs to step up in the squad next to Gabby, if holding is out, we still have that player, you know, again. So if he's our third best centre-back in between second and third best centre-back, again, until the end of the season, whatever we do in January, we can, deal with, we can deal with these, you know what I'm saying? We can play the next couple games and there's confidence in that back line to maintain, especially in the 4-2-3-1, we can maintain some solid results. You know, we've got two clean sheets out of these, right? Let's push on from these. So, yeah, shout out to David Luiz. Ainsley mentioned Niles, I felt he was brilliant on the left side. Moved into central midfield when Carantini came on, um, you know, around the 75th minute and still just kept it going, you know, that's what we would like to see from Ainsley, you know, and I think that engine that he has was something that you can't make up for on that left side, especially on the left side when you know it's going to be players alternating, even if Karen is not playing, the whoever's playing on the left side needs to have the engine to cover for maybe that left wing forward not having enough gas to come back sometimes after a run forward, right? Ainsley had that and that's a beautiful aid for Ainsley because we saw those 
you saw that glimpse of that performance. I mean, early on, he had that little chip with his left foot, that little dink, and you're like, look at the confidence of this man. Them. That's what we want to see, a short, a short performances, and he'll grow in that. I know at the beginning, he didn't see himself as a fullback, but you're seeing, look at all this love you're getting in this position. You know what I'm saying? Look at all this love and this respect and all these accolades that you're getting in this position now, England call-ups, you know? starts now at Arsenal again, right? It's growing for you and it's getting better for you. And I think it's worth pursuing that as Ainsley McNazzis. You know, anytime I get a chance in this position, I'm going to give it my all, bro. I'm going to give it everything I have because I'm going to make a name for myself in this position. And you saw what it did for Ashley Young later on in his career, James Milner later on in his career, prolonged his career. It prolonged Ainsley's career, Ainsley McNazzis' career as an Arsenal player. I think it gave him a second run of being an English international where as a young player you thought he had a chance as an attacking player. Now as a defensive player, he definitely has a chance. And that's what it's going to be, man. Like, just keep improving, Ainsley. We love to see it. Shout out to you because we're big fans of what you have the potential to be, right? Um, Xhaka started at the, as the deeper of the central midfielders in that 4-2-3-1. And it was one of those things where, again, with Partey out, Xhaka haven't been in and out the squad with Elneny. And then Elneny's out now. And you think Elneny would have probably got a run out in this game. Xhaka knows what time it is. It's like, okay, I got to perform. I got to put in a performance here to justify me being in the squad because long-term, I may be a liability instead of an asset. They may be looking to sell me in January or come the summer, right? And you put in that type of performance where it's like a solid seven. You know what I'm saying? The midfield was open because you know that's the downside of playing Xhaka. You know what I'm saying? You don't have as much movement laterally and you, you can't cover as much ground because he's not the quickest of players in movement or thought. But he makes up for that in his ability to utilize the ball and just keep it switching with the chains and keep it moving. So he did that very well, especially when it came to, I think, his actual positioning in this game against Molde, where He was the deeper lying of the central midfielders and he let Willock run forward. And like Willock's heat map was probably everywhere in the attacking positions. It looked like he was playing, right? And it was because Xhaka has not the wherewithal that Arteta has worked on him to be able to sit deep to become almost like the third centre-back in this 4-2-3-1, right? And that was beautiful to see because with his passing ability, he can do a whole lot more in that position. So going forward, we'd like to see Xhaka maybe continue playing in that deeper-lying role and excel in that because he's got the potential and the capacity to be a great third, fourth central midfielder in our squad where we get a partner for Partey and then Xhaka's the guy coming off the bench next to the backup for whoever's playing the deep-lying playmaker position. That would be dope to see, man. Joe Willock, who I think he put his hand on for that deep line position next to Partey, man. Like, amazing performance from Joe Willock yet again in the Europa League. And a nine for me because those two assists were invaluable. Unlucky not to get a goal himself. Subbed off in the 75th minute, which proves his value to the squad because you can see the manager now start to say, hey, I need this mandem here for, you know what I'm saying, the weekend. So I'm going to rest a couple mandem. That's credit to you, Joe Willow, bro. That's growth, Joe Willow, bro. Because in this type of game, around that mark, 80th mark, because he's probably going to get his, his goal and then he would have finished 4-0 to the Arsenal. But hey, man, he got his two assists. He continues to grow in confidence, continues to grow in stature. And it's one of those where his click is there and he's one of those unfancied players where you don't think of Joe Willock as one of the standout young players from these Hayland graduates, right? But he's right there among these guys, right? Where he's like Saka, Reese. Ainsley, you have to mention, well, look, all of them are great, you know, in their own right, and they're starting to show it in their own right. So it's this thing of we don't even have to compare them. They're all brilliant in, in their own light, and we have to let them shine in their own light. So Willock, amazing performance, and he played deeper than the 10 position, which I think ideally that's his actual role, especially next to a party, right? Because as a 10, I look at it, I'm like, mm, 
I saw Spurs do this with Bambi Dele Ali, right? Where you thought Dele Ali was probably better sitting deep and using his engine because he would have grown a more vaster array of tools in that position. Because as a 10, all he had to do was run and break lines and then chip in with the sister goals. Deeper, he had to learn defensive awareness, learn how to pass the ball as well. He doesn't have that in his game, and that's what you know, Mourinho is chiding him for. Look at Joe Willock in a deeper position. He starts to show that I can keep the ball moving instead of just breaking the lines. I can also move the ball as well and move players with the ball. It's beautiful to see, bro. So defensive awareness as well where he bursts forward, but he's also got the engine to run back. So he does that and he tracks with the ball. He tracks with men who are late runners into the box. It's brilliant, man. So brilliant. Nine performance from Joe Willow, bro. On the right side of midfield, we started Nicola Pepe, who looked like a man on a mission. Like, Nicola Pepe, Salt and Rascal Pepe, bro. That was a nine because that goal was coming in that game. You could smell it from literally early on the first half. That, okay, he's maybe not getting the quality of chance, yet when he gets it, he's going to put it away. Because he's quality and you can see he's on it today. You know? So that's three and four in the Europa, in the Europa League. He's bang on for probably being one of the best players in the Europa League this season, which I think now with the suspension for three Premier League games, playing for the last Europa League games, giving that incentive that when it comes knockout stage, I want you to be the catalyst. That if I have to rest a couple first-team guys because of fitness and, and congestion in the fixture list, I need to be able to know I can trust you this season. And let's go on, on that. Let's go on when you know, listen, I'm going to play you in games where you're maybe not playing your best. I'll push you. I'll give you a chance in these Europa League games so that you put your hand up for the Premier League games and then by the time the Premier League games come, I can start you for those. The Europa League games come in the knockout stages. I can really depend on you for those. Let's go win this. That will boost your stock and establish you as a player in the squad. And you've seen Nicola Pep when there's something on the line, there's just a little bit more about him where FA Cup final, he was different. You know what I'm saying? Calling Cup final, I mean, what is it? Uh, community Cup final, he was different. He stands up for those games. He picks himself up for those games. He's incentivized differently, right? So we want to see a lot more of that. And, yeah, shout out to the Mandem there. Reese Nelson started on the left side. And like Mikel said, the click has happened now, you know, where the goal was coming and how he was positioned for that goal where his run was so central coming from the left side that he forced Lacazette coming from the 10 to make a run into that left channel of the box. And then Nketiah is now literally crossed out by Reese's run. We basically had three options to finish that ball coming across. Where well, the goalkeeper was trying to block it off, but we had three runners in that zone. That's awareness. That's confidence. That's hunger. He gets a goal as a result of that hunger and awareness and confidence. And he's got the quality to keep getting better chances. We're coming from that right side, those Albume Young chances that Alba used to get on the left side when he's starting from there. Reese has got the capacity to put those away. You saw he got a couple, you know, Eddie even tried a couple little curlers. They've got the capacity to start getting those chances because of how the team is structured, you know. So solid eight from Reese. yet the guy who stood out for me, yes, we couldn't give him an even higher rating than this, but I feel inside my heart, I'm so excited to see what this could potentially be is like a Z as a 10. Because him as a shadow striker, it allows for that press to be even more effective than it's ever been. Because you still have the legs of a Willock and a Partey deep, you still have your full backs bombing forward, your center backs are pressing high, and then you still have three out-and-out attacking players who can get a goal, plus Laka, plus your midfield. 
it like you know the, the in the post-match press conference they're saying you know, it's a very attacking formation and Mikel said yeah if we can balance some things and not be as open as we were today and I mean he didn't use those words but you can see what he's saying this could really work for us down the line and finding that new lease in life and getting a new position for Lacazette for me is like wow bro look at Mikel bro He's worked it out. Yet again, a masterstroke out of nowhere where I had Lacazette sold. And not because I don't like him as a football player. I'm like, I need to play Uber down the middle. You can't sit on the bench earning what you earn. And not giving me maybe as many goals from a guy coming off the bench. And I got young players who are good enough for Flo Balogun coming off the bench. And nah. But now as a 10, it's perfect. Especially that resolved the whole conundrum of you are playing Mesut Uzo. Because the movement and the touches, like, it was, there were moments when it felt like Laka was playing in what is his actual position. Like, it just felt so natural, bro. Like, little back heel flicks allowing Mandem to run off. It's like, I had watched the under-23s play against Derby, and there's that boy Moller where he's a bigger number nine. So in vision long-term, I think that's what Arsenal would need again, a more physical presence as a target man so the other guys can run around, although the target man will still need to be mobile like Moller is and be able to finish. Yet Laka has that playing as a 10. We'd foul Burkamp sometimes how the ball would come to him and he'd just know, I make this pass here, I make this run here, I make this dummy move there, and it's going to all come together with a castle, bro. So as a captain on the day, bro, solid eight for that. And seeing him get taken off made me think as well, okay, Laka's going to start probably against Wolves. And it would be a very brave choice, I feel, because if El Nene's not back, that would mean, you know, Xhaka and somebody else, which we'll get to in the Wolves preview, but I want to see Laka start with Uber and they're both down the middle and you have wide forwards who are inverted forwards and we're going. Because I think the opposition will respect this different. They will not want to fuck around here by us, bro. Whatever their game plan is, Wolves, I think they would want to sit back, even if they knew, okay, we we're going to open up against these guys and go against them, especially when they play their 3-5-2. I think they will think it through now. <laughs> I think they will think it through now, fam. And that was nice to see as a result of just that one change in one game. And there we go, bro. We have something for the future right now. Because Aiden Ketia down the middle, I think he was good and he was a hallmark of, again, like that's what more Laka is as a striker as well, where not too many goals, but the endeavor and the end product is great. So in games like this, you need a type of 80 striker if you're not playing Aubameyang down the middle, where you need someone who's going to harass the opposition back line and just make it an uncomfortable night for them. And then if he gets a chance and puts it away, that's even better for you. Not as clinical as you need him to be, where there was the header chance, there was the curler. It's not, it's not at elite level yet where you can see bro Eddie has got goals in him and he's got the movement and the pressing and all of that one like this next six months literally in January loan him out no lie especially if you say to yourself Flo Balogun is my backup striker I will use the light dickies in the academy if I need to like as my 10 if we don't sign especially a 10 in the in the January window then we cool with that let's roll with that bro don't overthink it. Let Eddie get the six months away where he goes to a championship team and bags 15 goals and helps them get promotion. That will be everything for his confidence coming back next season. Right now, at most, he's going to get five if he's lucky. And I don't think that's going to do what it needs. It's not going to push the needle. That click won't be there the way you need it. Yes, in training, you may see the click there. It's click with Eddie mentally. It's not output. And it's harder for a center forward, especially in this squad where 
these are their players who can play there. Gabi Martinelli comes back. Loan out Eddie bro and Jan and let's loan let's go from there. Cause I, I see now why there's value in Eddie Kitt here going forward. He's a better version of an Emil Heskey in modern football. Where instead of holding up the ball, he presses the ball very well. Now he needs to learn to hold up the ball a little bit better. Chip in with those odd goals where, you know, 38 league games, 12, 15 league goals. That's the mold. Because he doesn't have to start every game, but you know when he comes on, whenever he gets a start, he'll be quality. And Arsenal need that. Where down the line you can envision Flo Balogun, Eddie Nketiah, Martinelli, Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe, Reese Nelson, all these young players, Ben Cottrell, all these brilliant young players, Tyrese John Jews, all these brilliant young players coming together as being part of our attacking line. There's so much potential there, bro. There's so much potential. Adding on whatever we add on from there as well. Come on, bro. So beautiful to see, bro. Beautiful to see for the subs. Holding came on at halftime from a man like Luizzi, who I think they just said that the, 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 the surface wasn't treating him too well. And yeah, it wasn't more an injury. I think Mikael was a bit evasive about it and I wanted to give up too much. And maybe it was just more Davi Luiz saying I'm not feeling well, whatever the case may be. He came off and Holding came on and he kept it real, Rob Holders. And it was nice to see Rob Holdinho just get a, another good game under his belt, knowing that, you know, we're coming from that Villa game, which was a nightmare. Now the Leeds game, pretty solid. Molder, he gets 45 minutes under his belt. Lord willing, it's a solid start and a solid performance against Wolves, you know. So solid seven for Rob Holders. Ceballos came on around the 62nd minute, came into central midfield and kept it ticking. You know, came on, came on for Xhaka, who looks like, okay, the manager's thinking of starting him on, on, on Sunday as well. So, okay, good good looks for Ceballos, good looks for Xhaka as well. Decent performance. Ceballos is now a squad player in that position where I believe Willock should start next to Xhaka against Wolves, you know, he was blowing up our predicted lineup, but that's what it is, bro. I think Ceballos is a better backup, and then going forward, we will see what we do there. For this season, it's like, that's what we have. Ideally, you could package the Ceballos and Jacques and package it into one guy who can start regularly, and you have Partey and that player with Willow growing next season into being a contender in that centre midfield, right? And then you can have a different conversation. I'd rather have a conversation of selection headaches as it pertains to better players. Well, I'm, 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 I'm comparing apples and apples and not apples and oranges. Well, I'm like, hey, dog, I'd rather have this player, but then this one I just have to deal with now, nah, you know? So let's, let's, let's upgrade and keep growing from that position. So bias I appreciate right now, so I won't lie, bro. Kieran Tenya, another player, a player I appreciate because he came on, switched to left back, allowing, I mean, he came on at left back, allowing Ainsley Mettenhouse to switch into centre midfield. And it's like, that's what I want to see in my football club. More rotation, more movability, more utility in players. We were not fixated on their positions per se. It's the output you give us as a football club, right? That's what it's really about. That whatever position you play, you should be able to give me a solid performance. That's how it was, you know, coming up, and that's how the game is. Yes, there's money involved now and all of that and media and all of this involved, yet you do this because you started doing it because you love it. Now you get to do it and you get to enjoy it. That's a beautiful thing and that's a blessing. So credit to y'all, bro. We're looking at that saying, oh, yeah, so that's a solid seven for, for Tierney because he came on and gave the team a different bit of dynamism, I feel. And that switchability was beautiful to see. The light thickies who came on, I mean, Emil Smith-Rowe came on a bit, a bit earlier than Balogun. And around the 75th minute, Emil Smith-Rowe came on and double changed with Tierney. And I think he was great because we got to see a lot more of that natural playmaker dynamic within the squad. 
And now that's what happens when we have a natural playmaker in the squad. We, we play a lot differently, we move a lot differently, and that's what we want to see. So Mills Mithro also gets a seven because he was solid throughout the game and he continued that solid trajectory in his career where we're starting to see what we may have in him potentially as a football player, bro. We potentially have a solid number 10 for club and for country if you know England are so inclined because there's competition in that position, but he's that type of player they need, bro, creative spark, you know. And at Arsenal, he's got competition as well. Young Ben Cottrell coming up looking nice for the under-23s, but Emil Smith-Rowe can cement his position in the squad and at the very least make sure that he doesn't get loaned out, you know, in January because he looks like a solid number 10 replacement for Lacazette when Lacazette's starting at 10. <clears throat> Pardon me. Aside from that, Balogun, man. Last but not least, my G, pardon me, dog. Baloguna. <laughs> Flo Baloguna, bro. Shout out to you, bro. Came on 82nd minute, less than, what, 37 seconds in. Bugged his first Arsenal goal, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, we've been out there calling for this thing for how long? And vindicated because he gets an opportunity and he, he, he puts it away. He puts it away, and as soon as he came on, you could see a different light in the kid, and that's what it's about. You know, last game he got, last Europa League game, he got a lower run out, and you could see a little bit of light in him, and there it is, bro. So credit to Mikel for transitioning him into the squad the way he has. It's, it's a bit different to soccer, but a bit similar in how they're transitioning him to the squad, and even the contract situation with Prem will get sorted out, has been sorted out properly now, because... He's a quality player for the long term. And like the squad, the team has said they want to keep him. He wants to stay. So that's what it is now. Like, you know, there'd been other things going on in the background beforehand. Now it seems like, okay, all has been resolved. And shout out to you, man, for Loren, bro. Because I give a seven to Mandem. I was itching to give Mandem like a nine or something for that eight-minute cameo. Because getting a goal and keeping that position ticking in that regard. It just says everything for our football club that we're so secure when it comes to strikers that all we have to do is just build out our team now in midfield. Defensively, we just have to fill in a couple spots if you feel certain players aren't up to levels, but we have players in Mandem potentially could be levels, right? Let's build on from here, bro. Let's build on from here. Mikel gets a solid nine in that game because that was... What we wanted to see, Mikael, you know what I'm saying? You made changes, but you played the right formation. You played the right personnel. You made some surprise personnel switches and that Lacazette and the 10, it worked so well for you. You, you showed faith in Pepe, he rewarded you. You know, you continue to faith, show faith in Enzi and now as a left back, he rewarded you. Reese, it's click now, he's rewarding you, right? Balogun came off the bench, rewarded you. Emil Smith-Rowe's playing well. There's continuity in the guys, even if they don't start, and guys like Ceballos, they come on and they play well. I like to see that, man. I like to see that. So shout out to Miguel as well. Solid nine for that thing right there. Which leads us into Sunday's game, which is tomorrow against Wolverhampton Wanderers, bro. <laughs> a team I have a lot of affinity for. Shout out to my homie OG, you know. OG Samke is one of the homies that really likes Wolves as well, you know. And it's one of those teams where we always say that's one of our second teams. You know, you love what they stood for way before the money. We're crazy about Wolves. Like, crazy back to, like... 2014 levels and now they're in a great position and it's even easier to cheer for Wolves and to root for Wolves. This is the one game where I'll be anti-Wolves, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because we're up against it, you know? I mean, the form guy tells it all, you know, we've taken 10 points from a possible 15 in our last games where we've won, drawn, lost, won, won, right? They've taken 8 of their last 15 where they've drawn, lost, won, drawn, and lost. What they've drawn, lost, won, drawn, and won. So you're thinking... They're going to be up for it because they're better than that form guide. The same way we're better than that form guide, 
Like, they would be better, they would be okay with having taken 10 from 15. They'll be okay with that the same way we'd be okay having taken 12 from our 15. That last one game, right? So, they're going to be up for it different, bro. We at home. You know what I'm saying? So, they're going to be like, throw it all, you know what I'm saying? Throw caution to the wind. You know some of these teams where they have a mentality that at home, we don't lose and we try to keep it tight away from home. That's our freebie and we give it a go. So, we got to stay woke for that game, right? It's going to be, I mean, rather it's our 117th tie against Wolves. In the previous 116 times we've played them, we've won 58, lost 30, and drawn 28. So, we're praying for the 59th win in the 117th fixture because we need these right here. You know, we need these right here, family, because right now, our form is not where it should be. Our position is nowhere near where it should be. So, in essence, this is the game that will be a catalyst for us to catapult ourselves to where we may be down the line. And all it takes is for us to just make that decision. This is what we're agreeing to do. Let's do it. Make the switch. Make the change. And here I think it starts with the smallest of things in this fixture, right? It's going to be personnel. It's going to be sticking to our formation, sticking to our guns, having resolve, right? That's what it's really going to be about in this fixture, family. So I'm just thinking about notes coming into the game, saying with Partey injured, Gabi Martinelli still out, um, Maurice still out long term. I think Chambers is back in training, probably wouldn't play in this game. Williams doubtful, Sayed's out, I believe, with El Nini as well with COVID. So it's tough, Pepe suspended. It's one of the first games we've gone into, we've had a a longer list of unavailable players than normal, right? It's more Arsenal in the back in the day type. And we're going to have to dig deep and have some resolve in this game, you know. They're also missing Romain size with a COVID, with a COVID positive test. Johnny's out injured. Connor Cody could come back for Wolves in defense, so they'll probably switch back to a 3-5-2, like we said earlier in the show. So we got a chance, man. I think our position player to watch against Wolves will have to be Ruben Nevis in that midfield. Where regardless of what we do in our midfield, he's the catalyst for a lot of things in there. Where him next to João Moutinho, it's a very special combination they have there. Where they're very similar in play type, only Moutinho has grown into more defensive play or more deeper line play as his career has transitioned. And Nevis looks like he's got the potential to maybe bomb forward as his career transitions when he plays next to a more natural defensive midfielder. So that there is a career skills exchange going on between the two of them, which is always dope to see in football, right? That passing of the baton as well, being both Portuguese football players. So that's a player to watch, a player that I would love to see in that Arsenal midfield next to Thomas Partey, bro. Like on that note, bro, sheesh. Yeah. Um, predict the line of family. We have gone for 4-2-3-1. Praying Mikael goes for 4-2-3-1, Famo. Leno comes back in goal. Solid performance, we're thinking, from Leno in a game like this. Um, we need our number one, so give him the shot and let's go, bro. You got a rest in Europe and you saw that the team can continue without you playing in goal. So now it's your shot to say, let me establish myself as the out-and-out -out number one that the team doesn't have to consider in the summer getting a number one goalkeeper because... I've had those thoughts and questions after the Martinez sale, right? And this is Leno's chance to say, okay, let me establish myself as the outside. He's like, I'm the number one. I've always been number one. I'll always be the number one. Let's see that you're the number one in a game like this where you kept it real against Leeds and you helped us keep that clean sheet. Let's get the win now. 
and keep a clean sheet. Them will be nice to see, bro. Hector Bellerinas comes back at right back for us because that's our number one right back, you know? Solid performance, we're praying for Hector. At right centre back, I like what Holding provides when Holding is his best because he's our stopgap in that position, right? Where Saliba's ideally our number one centre back. If Mikiaz having second thoughts about that, whatever happens in January and the summer, they have to go fix that. But right now, Rob Holdinho plays so well there that if he can just stay injury free and play consistently in the back line, I think you have a candidate for a player being called up to the English national team. Where you, like we always say, it doesn't take too much to get caught up for England, yet the quality he has in him where he can play with the football very well coming from the back, right? And that's important in, in, in a team like Arsenal where we want to play more attacking, we want to keep possession of the ball and move it around. Rob Holdinho has a lot of that, right? And I think long-term, it could be something for us to consider, even if he's our third centre-back. I like him. I just like his personality. I like what he brings to the squad, you know? Gabriela, left centre-back, that's just a non-starter, bro. That's the bedrock of our defence right now. And that's where I'm very confident going forward, where you can have questions about Leno if you do some, have questions about our goalkeeping, questions about Hector when it comes to, does he stay fit, does he perform to Hector levels? Right centre-back, we have questions, right? So those three positions in that defence, although we're still getting quality performances and good performances from our backups, we're going to have to fix it or resolve it going forward. The players will put their hands up and resolve it, right? At left centre-back, Gabriel has done that. And the squad has done that. They went and bought a player. They put him in the squad and he's performed. Pardon me. I believe he needs to start. And he's been starting and we're confident that we'll continue to grow because now when there's more familiarity with the players he's playing with, we can start getting more confident performances from Gabriel. And that's where we want to see more short performances, better usage of the ball, even better usage of the ball. And, you know, that threat we saw, we saw from set pieces early on in his career at Arsenal, although it's still very early, early on in his career at Arsenal, we want to see more of that because I think, like, just the physical build of the man has got the potential to be so great for us, especially when it comes to adding an extra goal threat. We don't have too many goal threats from open play as of yet. We're improving that. Yet when we're getting these chances and we're getting these corners, I like to see teams just worry about us at corners where, you know, if they're just marking Gabriel with two players, it'll create space for us with another player to get chances in, at, at set pieces, right? Kieran Tierney is also one of the guys who I think has established himself as our left back, you know. Not our left centre-back, as Mikhail likes to do. Like, yes, in auxiliary times, emergency times, you can play left-sided centre-back. But at left-back, that man them be special. And in this type of game is where we need a man like that who's special. Because when he bombs forward, he makes the opposition have to think twice about that space they leave in that, in that right-sided, right-wing-back position. Especially a team that plays with three centre-backs and has a more adventurous right-wing-back, right? Now they got a guard for Kieran Tierney because he can defend your threat, but he's going to make your threat have to defend him. That's a different conversation altogether, right? In centre midfield, man like Granit is probably going to have to start because Partey is out. El Nene is probably going to be out if he's back because he may not have trained as much. Maybe on the bench at most. So Xhaka is going to have to start. He came off against Mulder, you know, around the 75th minute. He's well rested for this one. Or on the 62nd minute, rather, against Mulder, pardon me. He's well-rested for this one, you know. He's up for this one, and I feel it's the type of game where Granit Xhaka can stamp himself on the squad and say, OK, guys, I may not start as much as I used to, but every time I play, this is the level of performance you will get from me. I will do my job. Do your job, like Troop says. You know what I'm saying? That's it, and that's what we want to see from Granit, you know. Joe Willock has been a standout performer in the Europa League games that now is the time... 
perfect opportunity for him to get a start, you know. With, like we said, Partey out, with Elneny possibly out, Sabayas not being up to the levels yet, Willock is our best available central midfielder. And dropping him deeper could unlock his game when now in a Premier League game against great Premier League opposition and great international class midfielders. Let's see what Joe Willock has the potential to do. Because he has got class written all over him in that deeper lying midfield position. You know, part of the noise, you know how it goes in the loud booth, you know, city-wide, city pride, them fucking ghetto birds be flying all over the place sometimes. So yeah, man, that's what it is with Joe Willock, bro. We're praying for a start for Joe Willock because the performance, there's been a click in him and the performances have also told. So let's see him in a deeper lying position where we cannot start to see the best of Joe Willock, right? Yeah. With that right midfield, right wing forward position, Pepe being out, William being shady at best. Bro, this is the perfect time to play Bukayo Saka and for us to see what we potentially have right there. Because it's, it's, it's one of those things where he hasn't nailed down a position within the squad. He's got the potential to be a great attacking player. I see him more as a central midfielder, even as a 10. You know, as a right wing forward, if Pepe establishes that position, Saka maybe doesn't have a position there. Yet if Pepe didn't click or doesn't click for whatever reason and you still want to move on from him and sell high, although it's clicked now, it's seeming to click and we're just thinking long term after the suspension, you'll come back into the squad and we'll start to see a better Nicola Pepe. Yet for these three games, let's see what Bukayo Saka is in an attacking position. Because then if he's not a right wing forward, at least we know, okay, left wing forward, he provides us a different dynamism when we want to play with more of a 4-4-2 type of base. At 10, he's potentially good for us, especially because of his movement. In central midfield, he's perfect for us because he can allow us to play with three more centralized midfielders and not necessarily have to always rely on the 10. He gives us depth at left wing back and sometimes can fill in a left back. That's a great player for your squad, especially knowing that he's a key player in other positions, a rotation player in other positions. He's almost basically an indispensable player now in the squad, right? And that's what I want to see for Bukayo Saka. So starting in a game like this, get his confidence up, bro. Because like we said, in that in that Leeds game, bro, he gets that chance where you're like, oh my goodness, if Saka's been starting for the last couple of games, bro, he puts that away. And we win a game against the run of play. And that does so much for our team when we win games like that. You know what I'm saying? So this is the type of game where we can get those type of performances from Saka and it will click and it will put pressure on Pepe Mandem as well. And let's see where we go from there, right? On the left side, Reese Nelson. Bro, it's it's clicked, bro. It's clicked and it's now it's time to go. Because we've always had this thing where I felt like Mikel didn't want to take Uber from the left side, not knowing if he had somebody on the left side that could at least give him better than what Uber's giving him, even if Uber's not scoring goals from there. Now, you think Reese playing like this with Martinelli coming back, it's going to be a madness on that left side. Like, Uber should stay down the middle and score goals if he knows it's good for him because now it's going to be like, damn, Flo is out here, Muller's out here. Bro, like, it's tough. It's tough. And I like the competition for places because it's quality competition for places, right? It's not quantity competition for places. So, Reese should also get a start, I feel, on the left side. At 10, like a blood closet, bro. It's turned It's turned up now. It's turned up differently at 10. Because now I'm not looking at you to score goals, my G. I'm looking at you to press hard, create chances, and be a threat. Now there's even this thing where you saw him against Molder get shots outside the box. You're like, oh, but you have the freaking quality to score from here. 
wait a minute, this could be your best position. That rather the ball drops to you deeper and you're taking a shot. Because you can shoot with power, you can shoot outside the box. We don't really have that in the central midfielder. Now we have that in the 10 and you, perfect like and to continue the combination of him and his body, Abuma Black Clark Young down the middle would be so nice to see. Even if it's just for us to finish the season with, and then we'll see what we do in the summer. Because there's something there between the two of them, that natural connection, knowing how you put them in more natural positions and put fitting pieces around them. Ooh, this could be amazing to see. So skipper starting out there down the middle. And that's our squad, bro. Runison on the bench. Ainsley Mentner Niles, David Lewis, Ceballos, Emil Smith Rowe, Balu Gennon and Ketia. We going all attacking dog. All guns now they be blazing for these gooners. Cause we're not a play with them no, bro. We're not playing with them. Like we're really coming forward against Wolves, I believe, because now is the time to go. You know, the pressure's on us to now start to justify why we made the change in bringing in Arteta and why we made the change in some of the personnel decisions we made within the squad as Arteta, you know, decided to do along with the rest of his technical staff. That's what it is now, you know what I'm saying? Now we need to follow through. We've given Mandem new contracts. There's guys who are fringe players that have come into the squad and been given a chance. Across the board, there have been changes, right? So it's time to follow through and justify while going with that thing right there, right? So it's like... <laughs> We can't fear the wolves, you know what I'm saying? We can't fear the wolves. We got to go battle these ting there, right? Yeah, we got to know battle these wolves. They come into Emirates and we got to give a performance, give an account of ourselves. It's a team that in the past has done well against us. It has the potential to threaten us because of how they play, how they approach games and the personnel they've built up over time, right? So let's stay conscious of who we are. Let's be the best we can be. Give a solid performance of ourselves. It's not, an, it's not an easy game to predict scoreline-wise because Wolves are a good team, but they've been struggling for it of late, you know. So I think it will click for us going forward. Let's keep the run of threes and say 3-1 to Arsenal. I feel we really got it within ourselves to get a positive result in this game, bro. So 3-1 is, is my prediction for the squad, for the, for, the, for the goodness for this squad game, bro. Like, I'm praying for it right now. Like, yeah, man, win, bro. Three points, three goals, preferably even a clean sheet. Let's call it right. 3-0 to the goodness. Let's keep 3-0 going, bro, because that was a nice result against Molder. Let's keep it going in the Premier League. It'll catapult us for the next couple games where building up to Spurs in December, let's be right, let's be ready, let's be on our money knowing, you know what, we're not going into that thirsty for a result of anything. We know getting a result will edge us closer to them, bring them closer to us, and then we catapult ourselves even further up the league, up up the league table and then be in conversation for, you know, European places, top four preferably, you know what I'm saying? Let's do that thing there. Give ourselves a foundation to build upon and be title contenders next season and the seasons to come, being able to bring home some silverware of a major proportion, you know. So this has been when Highbury was home, a loud booth podcast presentation. I am your host, True Story. Please like and subscribe, rate and review us on all DSPs where you consume your digital media content. That is Loud Booth on social media. We're on Twitter. The Instagram will be going up live in the next couple of days. We've just been working on a couple of things to put up on there content-wise. And yeah, Facebook as well will be jumping on. I'm not the biggest fan of Facebook, but you know, we've been pushed to do those things as a company and you know, we have to start to branch out and start to expand our portfolio as well. So we're gonna be looking to do a lot more stuff on Facebook as well, live live chats and live interview Q and A's and the likes. So look out for all that stuff. So that's Loud Booth on all social media. True story, when Habri was home, that's W H W H podcast on all social medias. 
Yeah, man. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy your afternoon. Whenever you hear this, enjoy your day. Let's look forward to the game. Arsenal versus Wolves at Emirates. Sunday afternoon, bro. Um, yeah, man. We'll tune in. We'll, we'll holler back you know, on social media leading up to the game. Any breaking news when it comes to team news or anything else like that, we'll link y'all and plug y'all into it. But otherwise, you know how it goes, man. As the show is titled When Highbury Was Home, you know... We got to end it right, right? Come on, you gooners. <laughs> Shout out, man. Thank you for joining us.